Welcome to the Hour of Glory broadcast with Reverend Jonathan Nekuban, Senior Pastor, Springs of Life Chapel International. It's our prayer that you receive the heavenly touch that you so much desire as you listen to the message today. Now, here is Reverend Jonathan Nekuban. You make my life so beautiful. Father, we give you all the thanks, all the praise, all the adoration. You are the giver of every good thing and doer of wonderful things. Thank you for taking us and bringing us back safely. Thank you for this wonderful people. A great assembly of God in this place. Thank you for springs of life. Thank you for every member. Thank you for every family represented here. We say to you be all thanks and all adoration. In Jesus Christ's name. Everybody shout a big amen. I want to be sharing something on operating in the will of God. Now a will is somebody's desire. Is that right? Now, in order to work successfully with anybody, you need to be able to know the person's will. If you want to be able to live beautifully with a woman, you must know the will of women. Amen? Women love shopping. And when you go to a shopping center, you don't just go and pick things. You have to live with them. When you go to the market with a woman, you don't expect to buy things just at the gate. You must know their will. Amen? You see, what a woman wills is not what a man wills. A woman is just content when you just put your arm around them. Their emotion, they want to have that feeling, that attachment. Is that right? But for a man, it is not enough. The other things which also make a man happy, and the things that make a man excited and happy, is not what makes a woman excited and happy. A lot of times, people want to give gifts to people that gives their life to people. But a gift you like may not be the gift that the getter would want. So you would have to know what the person likes, then you give it to him. And when you give a gift to somebody that he likes, his heart will be warm towards you. He will be very happy with you. Can I have an amen? If you give to the average Ashanti man, you keep giving rice, you are worrying him. Because the average Ashanti and brown person likes fufu. Are you getting me? And no matter which part of the world they live in, they like it. For some of us, from the Everland and Fantiland, ours is maize, banku, ember, etzo, fetre. Are you getting me? If you pass these ambassian things, you are worrying us. I hope you get what I'm saying. Okay. So in the same way too, when it comes to God, God also has a will. Tell somebody, God has a will. And so in order to work with God and make God happy, you've got to know his will and to do it and he'll be very happy with you. May you know the will of God and may God be very happy with you. Now, God is such a good God that when he, the moment he created us, the very first thing he decreed for man is that you have my help. So in Genesis 1.28, the Bible says, And God blessed them. The word blessed means empowered to prosper. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. So you see, the moment that God created man, He said, You have my help. God gave man His help. God gave man His support. And God said, Be fruitful. Multiply. Fill the earth. Have dominion. So man was created to be fruitful. Man was created to have an increase. So if an increase is not taking place in your life, then something negative, something contrary is taking place in your life. Because as for God, 
He wants to see you blessed. He wants to see you empowered. And he wants to see you have good life. Can I have an amen? Now, how come that Bible says that God blessed man? In fact, in Ephesians 1.3, the Bible says, Blessed be the Lord, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. It means that in Christ Jesus we are blessed. When God created man, the Bible says in Genesis 2.15, he put him in the Garden of Eden. Eden means his presence. Is that right? And when anybody has a child, he puts a child in his presence. The child is in the mother's presence and the father's presence. When anybody is going to have a baby, he doesn't expect the baby to be born. And then the baby goes to look for his own napkins, food, baby's caught. In fact, recently, the Holy Spirit showed me that in the wisdom of God, God even found out that the child that is coming originated from him. The human beings are only a conduit or a pipeline for the child to come. So that if even the mother hasn't got money for milk, God himself has provided the baby's food in the mother's breast. So it means that for about six months, a woman has food for free. So as you are breastfeeding your baby, there is a special money you must give to God. That God already has provided. And it, this shows how caring this our God is. He provided. That means that God is a provider. If God provided breast milk for you in your mother's breast, then God is able to provide every other thing. You didn't hear me. I said, if God was able to provide breast milk, and it is the best kind of food you needed, then God, and right at the beginning of your life, He provided that. Oh, then... In the days, the other days of your life, he will provide more than enough. Receive more than enough. In the name of the Lord Jesus. And then, man was put in the garden of Eden. You see, God ensured that everything was in place before he, he put man there. When you are expecting a baby, you put everything in place. Nice baby's cot. You fix the room. Maybe purple room. Things are, you know, bells that are ringing, all kinds of songs. Create a nice environment. So God also put man in a very nice environment. In a garden where the rivers were flowing, you will see the various fishes moving in it. You walk through the woods and then you find, have nice breeze. It's not like this, a kind of hot weather. So the sun is not scorching on you. Scorching sun beat you up. No, no, no. Everything was fine in the garden. And then the devil came in and said, ah, God, how can you put man in a nice place like that? Then he came to deceive man. Has God said that you shall not eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil? God said, God said we can eat everything, but this one we shouldn't touch. They will say, oh, don't mind this God. You can eat it. In fact, you will not die, but you shall be as gods. Meanwhile, he was already God. Because the child of a goat is a goat, the child of a dog is a dog, and so the child of God has God in him. Yeah. So the, the, the God factor in man. And then man sinned. So the moment man sinned, then God said, hey, is that what you have done? I created you and I put you there. See, the primary reason when God created man, man was not supposed to suffer. Because the very first thing he said to man, he said, I want you to come to a certain understanding. Is that right? The very first thing he did for man is that he gave him work to do. Man was not supposed to work for himself, but he was supposed to work for God so that God would take care of him. And so in Genesis 2.15, let's read the Bible. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend it and to keep it. He was supposed to cultivate it. He was supposed to work on it. Just like in a home. 
You are in the house. You sweep. You clean. You do a few things. Is that not it? Now your parents also take care of you. So God said that, I've, I've created a garden for you. Tend it and keep it. That means that work for me. And as you work for me, I will also take care of you. But when man sinned, man was driven out of the garden. But prior to being driven out of the garden, God then spoke a condemnation against him in a form. Now, God didn't curse man, but God cares the effort of man to try to take care of himself. Because man was not supposed to take care. Man, you are not supposed to take care of yourself. God, your father, is supposed to take care of you. My children don't have to think about taking care of themselves. I take care of my children. Are you getting me? I empower them. Maybe to a point where, you know, after a certain age, when they can be by themselves or live by themselves. So in Genesis 3, verse 17 to 19, when man saying, look at what God said. I'm bringing you up to something. Then to Adam he said, because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree which I commanded you, saying, you shall not eat of it. Cursed are you? Cursed is the ground for your sake. That means that the ground that you are supposed to eat from, cursed is your effort to eat from it. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Watch it. Verse 18. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the herb of the field. Earlier on there were no thorns and thistles. But you know that on the cross, Christ wore a crown of thorns to carry our curses. Verse 19. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you shall return. This statement God made is very contrary to Genesis 1.28, where God said, and God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Is that not it? This is Reverend Jonathan Ekuban. We'll be right back. Keep listening. Are you afflicted, troubled? Confused? Do you need the touch of God? Join us this and every Friday for prayer, miracle, and healing service from 6.30 p.m. And God will answer every prayer and your heart's desires. May the work of your hands be blessed. May you receive the promotion of God and the defense of God. And wherever you go, may the doors of glory and favor be open unto you. Welcome back. Stay tuned. So it means that here something negative has happened. Initially God said, you are my child. Once you are working for me, once you are cleaning the house, once you are, you are sweeping, once you are doing what I like for you to do, and you are doing my desire, then you have my help. You don't need to struggle. So man was not created to struggle. I don't believe that any parent will ever think of giving birth to a child for the child to struggle. That's why parents struggle for their children to have a better life. Are you following me? Do you want a child to come and struggle? No, what you went through, actually we won't go through it. Amen. Maybe when you're going to school, you probably were walking. But now you've got a car. And so when a child is going to school, a child will sit in a car. And that's why you have to honor parents. So here, God was saying, your ground, the place you are going to eat from, is curse. That means that the effort you are going to put in is under a curse. That means that you don't have my help. And the Bible says in Psalm 121 that unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that building. That means that it's going to take a lot of effort. You're going to be doing a lot of going through challenges in order to be able to get what you have to get. 
unless the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. And you see, this curse the Lord pronounced on the ground of man, it affects both the poor and the rich. It takes the poor many long hours digging the ground, doing whatever in order to get food. Is that not it? For the rich also, even the rich, they have to work longer. Even the rich, they don't even sleep the more. Rich people, they want to maintain their riches, so they hardly sleep. They will do everything. So it means that both the poor and the rich, they are working hard. Africa, we say we work hard. But in Europe, you go also. So the point I'm making is that whether you are poor or you are rich, this case affects you. From the sweat of your face you eat. But originally, that was not the, the plan of God. Is that right? Okay. Now, when somebody is not happy with you, in order for the person to be happy with you, you have to begin to do things that the person is excited about. And when you do for the person what he's excited about, then he will begin to get happy or become happy with you. Are you following what I'm saying? So, man, by his attitude, went to the negative. Now, God said, you know what? I want to restore you. So, first of all, he sent Christ to come. He showed us the way. That the way of restoration is by giving. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave. So, he gives Jesus. And that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have what? Everlasting life. John 14.6 Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one goes to the Father except through me. So, Jesus gave his life as an example. His giving life is what will bring about redemption and will connect us unto God. Then in Matthew 16, 18, Jesus said, I'm talking about how the curse or the challenge will be neutralized so that you walk in the blessings of God. I see you walk in the blessings of God. He said, you are Peter and on this rock I will build my houses. I will build my businesses. I will build my cars. I will build my church. And the gates of hell or hate shall not prevail against it. Hallelujah. So here, Jesus said, I will build my church. 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 And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. You see, when you work at any place, are you not paid? So it means that when you join the labor force of Jesus to build his house, he will also pay you. And that's the way to move away from the negative of struggling for yourself to now God taking care of you. Because now you have jumped to be on the side of God. That God, I like you, and what you are doing is so important. And once you begin to do what God is doing, he will begin to like you. You see, there are many of us who just think that once I come to church, I am obliged to be blessed. No, it doesn't happen that way. God loves us unconditionally. I believe that most parents love their children unconditionally. But what they give to their children are conditional. If you have a child who plays a truancy, who is disrespectful, who doesn't work in the house or whatever, there is a limit of blessings or things you give to the child. Then the one who goes the extra mile to do things that you are happy with also, there are more things that you give to. Is that not it? And I always illustrate it because most of us eat fufu and stuff like that. When we're young, they pound the fufu. When they pound the fufu, those who help to pound the fufu, some of the guys, they they run and go and play football. When it's fufu time, they've gone to play football. If you are living with somebody who is very wild, they will leave the cassava for you. 
Yeah, come and pound your own cassava. By the time you come, the cassava too has become very cold. How you can pound it, that's up to you. But a kind person, they will pound the fufu, that's okay. But the one who pounded the fufu, when they are sharing the meat, realize that they will put two extra under the fufu. Yeah, because you pounded. And they put one, one, one on top of everybody. So you think everybody has got one, one. But everybody hasn't got one, one. The one who did the pounding of the fufu has got two or three pieces under the fufu. So in the same way too, as we all come to church, as we all come to church, and we are all singing, we think that we all have the same blessing. No, we all don't have the same blessing for some people, for their work, their involvement in the work of God, making their father God happy, God puts two or three pieces of fish and meat under the fufu for them. So even God can be partial. Amen. And he said what? Jacob have I loved. He so have I hated. So it means that if you want God to be on your side, you've got to do the things that God is happy about. Are you following what I'm teaching you? So some people don't understand. Oh, oh, but we all go to church. I don't understand this and this and that. No, no, no. Somebody is doing something that God is happy about. May you join the group that God is happy about. Amen. How do the blessings come? When you read Deuteronomy 28, 1 and 2, he said, If you shall diligently hearken unto the voice of the Lord your God to observe and to do his commandments, then the Lord your God will set you on high. And then all these blessings will come upon you and overtake you. So you realize that the blessings will come upon you by your obedience to the word of God. And Jesus is saying that, I will build my church. Tell somebody, I will build my church. If Jesus says, I will build my church, then you must physically join in the church. You must physically join a group. So the question is that, what contribution are you making in building the house of God? Now, this church is the house of God. I will build my church. The church, listen to me, the church is not a social club. The church is not an NGO, non-governmental organization. The church is the kingdom of heaven being represented on earth. And it is the place of divine intervention. When you read Isaiah, it says that my house shall be called a house of prayer. The word prayer means to plead, to make an intervention. That's the reason why when you come to church, you become a member of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Intervention comes into your life. You see that your dressing will change. The person you should have married even changes. You end up marrying a better person. Your marriage becomes a better marriage. Your education becomes a better education. Where you didn't have an opportunity or a chance to become anything, God turns your situation around. You begin to dress well. God begins to give you a mighty promotion, changes your story, changes your identity, and gives you a new name and uses you to be an exhibit of glory. Can I have an amen? Is somebody here with me? So, Jesus said, I will build my church. Now, he also said, those who are not doing what I am doing, they tend to oppose him. So realize that those who are not building with him, they oppose him. And listen, one day, you will meet Jesus. And he will say to you, I said I am building my church. And what were you doing? Some people have replaced this scripture, I will build my church with, I will build my career. I will build my business. I am building my marriage. I am building my education. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people will choose marriage over Jesus. Because human beings can try to stop you. But they cannot save you. Are you getting what I'm saying? And you must decide. You see, you must be strong in your head that 
Joining yourself to the work of God is the most important thing. Can I have an amen? This is Reverend Jonathan Ekuban. We'll be right back. Keep listening. Are you afflicted, troubled, confused? Do you need the touch of God? Join us this and every Friday for prayer, miracle, and healing service from 6.30 p.m. And God will answer every prayer and your heart's desires. May the work of your hands be blessed. May you receive the promotion of God and the defense of God. And wherever you go, may the doors of glory and favor be open unto you. Welcome back. Stay tuned. When you finish university, who has finished university here? When you finish university, did they give you a certificate? Could you chew your paper? Did the certificate give you anything? You had to join yourself to an institution that was successful. That was doing something important. And it also made you important. It is when you join yourself to an already existing something that is working. And the church is a working institution. Then you also become important. People who work at the bank, they feel important. Because the bank is an institution that looks important. Are you getting me? So it makes them so. So the point I'm making is that your certificate makes you nothing. Certificate is only paper. It is paper. It is when you join yourself to something that is working, then you will also become important. So if you want to become important, then you must join yourself to the most important person and the most important work. Amen. And I want you to know that if you are somebody who serves God for real, you will not be poor. If you work for any institution and the institution pays you, do you think that God will pay you less? There is no serious preacher or someone who has served God who is poor. You see, sometimes people don't understand preachers. He said, look at it. Hey, since they became this, hey, now they are dressing nice. They are this, hey, maybe it's church money or not. It is God. If you work for your bank or your institution, does your institution pay you? The car you are sitting in, how do you buy your fuel? This shirt you are wearing, and this nice trousers you are wearing, how are you able to manage it? Where do you get it from? From salaries I get. From. So salaries you get. Is that right? Either directly or indirectly from the work you do. So also when you serve God, this God is also directly and indirectly going to bless you. But you see, your institution pays, uh, some people paid more than you in the institution. Yes. And are you also paid more than others? Yes. So it means that you are paid according to the way the institution values you. So, you see, the institution will give you a salary, but God will give you a blessing. May God give you a blessing. Yeah. And when God gives you a blessing, eh, nowhere and from nobody you will see. I've seen pictures of pastors who those days, even their English language was some way. All of us, we slept on the floor. So as you are serving God, as you are serving God, if you work for the bank and the bank gives you clothing allowance to clothe you, so that you look as a good representative for the bank, then when you serve Jehovah God, ah, even in bank, can wear you nice suits. All those girls who work at the bank, and they see them nice dressed, not whatever, it's the bank that is dressing them. Clothing allowance. Why wouldn't Jehovah God give you clothing allowance? At the bank, are they not giving lunches and things? Long packages. Why wouldn't God put food on the table for you? So whoever told you that when you serve God, you are a loser. When you serve God, you are a wise person. Wise people serve God. 
wise people live for God. There was a CEO of a big multinational company. She had everything but didn't have a child. She volunteered to be a worker during the conference. Then they put her in the toilet. Can you imagine CEO or some big institution and they have put the person at the toilet to be cleaning toilets. And the last speakers there and she was listening and then she was cleaning, cleaning, cleaning. At the end of the conference, before she realized she was pregnant. God, you see what her company couldn't give her, Jehovah God had given her. May what your company cannot give you, I said may what your friends can't give you, may what your relations can't give you, may what your background, and for many of us, our backgrounds, our companies cannot give us many things we desire. But as we come to God, God tells the story. That's why he's the El Shaddai God. The God who overrides, overrules, and overpower. So we have power of the machine who overcomes it. The power of what the men, the knowledge of men who overcomes it. Because he will get up and say that if an accent can fall into the water and he will allow the accent to come up again, then whatever of yours that they say has fallen down, I see it come up one more time. In the name of Jesus, your business will come up. Your home will come up. Your marriage will come up. Your joy will come up. Your finances will come up. As you serve God, he will turn your story around. Somebody will say, I I receive it. Amen. So you are better off building the house of God. Let your hope and your faith be in Jehovah. Oh, what a word. This has been Reverend Jonathan Ekuban who brought you this message. You can call Reverend Jonathan Ekuban on 026-3316-457. That is 026-3316-457. Stay tuned. Same time next week. My hope is We can't end this broadcast without giving you an opportunity to make the greatest decision in your life. That is salvation. If you want to give your life to Jesus, just say this simple prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I come to you as a sinner, lost and condemned to hell. I repent of my sin and ask for your forgiveness. I believe with all my heart that you died on the cross and rose up again for my sins. I open my heart to you and receive you as my Lord and personal Savior. Please take control of my life and make me what you want me to be. From today, I am yours and you are mine. Thank you, Father, for this wonderful gift of salvation. Amen. If you pray this prayer sincerely from your heart, then you are a child of God. Find a Bible believe in church and join or you can fellowship with us at Springs of Life Chapel International so you can grow up in your faith and fulfill your destiny in Christ. Thank you for listening to the Hour of Glory broadcast. We hope you have been blessed by today's message. We invite you to join us at Springs of Life Chapel International and be part of a great family. Sundays, first service 6.30 to 8.30 a.m. Second service 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. We have our teaching service every Wednesday from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. 
and prayer and miracle service every Friday from 6.30 p.m. You will find us on the Bajona Dogono Road off the Spintex Road at Bajona Ekobang Junction. You can always call plus 233-244-216-084 or plus 233-262-589-060. Email revjekuban at springsoflifechapel.org. Revjekuban is spelled R-E-V-J-E-K-U-B-A-N, one word. Visit our website springsoflifechapel.org and our Facebook page Springs of Life Chapel. Springs of Life is one word or Jonathan Ekuban.